Weezy. Hey. Weezy. What? Where am I? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, we're in the quarry. This is the bluestone quarry. Wow, it's big. What are those ruins over there? I think that's where they processed the stone. That's, that's, that's where Will found the banjo. Wait, how'd you find me? We saw your flashlight. Oh, my flashlight broke. Oh. See? Here, let me help you up. Tony, do you feel like there's something odd out here? Oh, definitely. You feel it too? Well, since I got here, yeah. Even at the campsite, I felt like... Ugh. There's vibes here, like someone else was sitting with us. Why didn't you say anything? It didn't feel like a bad presence, just someone listening. Mm. Plus, you know how Grubs is with all that stuff? And the others mean well, but... I don't know. I think it's better to just keep that stuff to myself sometimes. It's easier than explaining. <sighs> this place has a lot of history to it. Makes sense. <laughs> It's Grubs. He thought the banjo sound would fend off bears. Bears, right. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, it's nothing. Never mind. Oh. Hey, Ellie, she's up. Hmm? You all right? I think so. Did you fall? Did you, you hit your head? No, why? You were asleep. You and Will. I was? Wait, where's Will? Here. Oh, God. Have you been there the entire time? Yep. You okay? I think so. Did you dream too? Uh, I'm not sure. Is it over? Guys, guys, can we talk about this back at camp? All things considered, I think there might be a gas leak out here and we should go. I... Gas leak in the woods? I'm gonna stand now. Oh man, I'm dizzy. Hey, oh, hey, hey, easy, hey, easy hey, buddy. Hey. Come on, here we go. Alright, keep your arms around our shoulders. One step at a time. Let's go and follow the music. Just follow the music. Is that us or them? That's us, buddy. We're going back to camp. I thought we were farther away. <sighs> there they are. Will? Hey, Will. We missed you, brother. Where were you? You scared us. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I just... We found them both asleep in the rock quarry. What? Yeah, we... Yeah. How gross thinks it was a gas leak? It's not that... Crazy. Yeah, right. Did you guys have dreams? I don't know. I was angry. Sorry, I was just so angry all of a sudden. Nothing seemed right. I couldn't play the song right. And then Grubbs interrupted me, so I got up and I, I walked. I just wanted to blow off steam. I saw a trail earlier where I was peeing, so I hiked up that, and I heard music. It was the other band. And they were playing the song right, and I just wanted to listen to it. There's one turn in the chorus that I, I couldn't land. I just, I couldn't land it. But they were nailing it every single time. Oh, I walked for so long. But I took a wrong turn here when I walked through the quarry. I must have walked in a circle. Because when I found the music, I was right back where I started. You all were playing so fast and you were in it, just in it. You didn't notice me. And I felt like I just couldn't join in because I couldn't get the turn right. So I came back here to look for the right path. And there were lights uh, there, over there. But I was too tired. 
didn't mean to fall asleep. I'm sorry. I don't think it was a dream. I dreamed about my grandma, the liberation of Paris. It really felt like I was there, or, or like it was a memory, a vivid one. But I was never there to begin with, so I guess it was, it was her memory. I don't know. I'm starting to forget. They say memories can live in DNA, like you can inherit them. Do you believe in that? I do. Especially now. I, you know, actually, I agree with that one as well. I definitely believe that. Yes, I have been waiting to hear Tony's ghost story, and actually I just found one last bottle of whiskey. Hey! Well, you've got the story, Banjo, Tom. Perfect. Where to begin? Okay. I got it. 1975. Vietnam. America was leaving the war, but it wasn't over for Vietnam. See, they had already been dealing with invaders for centuries. Actually, let me jump back a hundred years. See, French colonizers arrived in Vietnam in the 1800s with a mission to civilize our people with their Western culture and capitalism for better and for worse. And then the Japanese came and exploited the country during World War II. When that was over, the French came back and tried to return things to the way they were. But people were fed up. See, a military group called the Viet Minh, backed by their communist friends China and Russia, they had banded together during World War II to fight the Japanese. And now, they fought back against the French. So fighting continued for another 10 years, which finally led to peace talks when the French realized they couldn't win. Meanwhile, a rift was festering in Vietnam and it was too monstrous to ignore now. See, people in the North were completely fed up with these foreign invaders taking their land and their way of life. They supported the Viet Minh's mission to return Vietnam to its people. They wanted independence by any means necessary. On the other end of the spectrum, many people in the South got used to Western culture and ideals, and they even fell in love with it. Capitalism helped lift them out of poverty. To them, they found a better way of life. So, with the rise of communism around the world, it was in America's national interest to step in and help South Vietnam. It's hard to summarize a single cause of the Vietnam War, but I think it's this general struggle that tore families, friends, and the whole country apart. You can label who the good and bad guys are, but if you dig a little deeper... It's always more nuanced than that. All right. So, back to 1975. Over 55,000 American troops and over 2 million Vietnamese civilians have been killed. And I read that 7.5 million tons of bombs were dropped in Vietnam. That's more than double what was dropped in Europe and Asia in World War II combined. But even with the American military might backing South Vietnam, it was no match for the Viet Minh, now known as the North Vietnamese Army. You see, the Americans were in their tropical backyard, after all. Americans were literally out of their element. The North Vietnamese army toppled cities one by one and were marching south towards Saigon, a.k.a. Ho Chi Minh City, 
which was considered the final stronghold of democracy. That's where my mom and her family lived. My grandpa Tway. I had been working for the CIA as a low-ranking security officer. Even though it was a low position, it would end up working in my favor later. That position gave my family the papers we needed to get out of the country. My grandma Nga, however, I had just given birth to my third child on April 17th. My mom, Fung. I was six years old. I was the oldest of three siblings. After careful consideration, my mom and dad decided it was too dangerous to travel and escape the country with a newborn. Meanwhile, Americans, diplomats, South Vietnamese officers, civilians, families, friends, friends of friends, anyone with the papers and means to do so had either already evacuated or were doing everything they could to get out. Anything before that door was shut for good because anyone who was left behind faced an unknown future. Five to 6,000 people were gathered outside the U.S. Embassy compound, pressed against the gates, praying and hoping that they would be taken onto the departing helicopters. Artillery fire could be heard just a few miles outside of the city. If you can't take me, please take my child, is what could be heard from people begging on the ground. In 18 hours, 81 helicopters evacuated over 6,000 Vietnamese people and 1,000 Americans. At the time, I think it was the largest helicopter evacuation in history. But now, with everything that's happened in Afghanistan and Ukraine, it's hard to say. The next day was April 30th, known today as Black April. Family house, fortune, and land were all confiscated by the communist government. Everything they built was gone in an instant. Because of his relationship with the U.S. government, father had to go into hiding. Okay, Nguyen family, your property belongs to us now. You will report to this precinct at the end of every week for your food rations. If you suspect anyone of hiding anything that is unaccounted for, jewelry, money, food, you report them to us. If you suspect anyone of being a capitalist sympathizer, or has any history of working with those Western pigs, you report them to us. Is that clear? If we find out that you knew something and didn't speak up, we will consider you a traitor, and your punishment will be severe. Is that understood? Everyone was obviously fearful of the new regime, and like my grandpa, many went into hiding. A few weeks later, the communist government tried a different tactic. Listen up, citizens. Those of you still in hiding, it's time to come on out. The war is over. The new government forgives you. No need to hide anymore. Come report to our office so we can update your identification with the new administration. We will make special note of those who obey and those who don't. My grandpa Toy wanted to be normal, to blend in and cause the least amount of trouble. So he reported to their office. Mm -hmm. 
My name is Tway. Excellent. And what was your position the last few years? I was, I was a delivery man. We appreciate your truthfulness. Officers, take him away. Wait, what? I did what you asked. I reported to your office. Why do you need to take me? I was just a driver. And we shall make special note of that. What did they do in those camps? It was a forced manual labor camp. The country owed millions to China and Russia, so they forced people to work to pay it off. But that wasn't all. They also forced confessions, oftentimes through waterboarding, torture. They imprison you to tell you that you're free. They break you to tell you that you're whole. That was your re-education. Damn. All right, Tway. It seems like there are no records of you working for the Americans, or anyone, in fact. You're a lucky man. So I guess we'll just have to take you at your word. You have my word. I am being honest. The colonel has taken note of your cooperation. No disorderly conduct. No underperforming of your labor assignments. Hmm. No nothing. They released him six months later. Put him on probation and kept him under close surveillance. You had to be careful with what you said and did because anyone could be listening. It was several years of walking on eggshells and eventually the family saved enough money to open a hair salon to make ends meet. 1979, four years since the fall of Saigon. And yet a humanitarian crisis rages on in Southeast Asia. Approximately 55,000 Vietnamese boat people are arriving on Vietnam's neighboring shores every month after evading Vietnamese patrols, Thai pirates, and surviving the dangerous high seas. There have been reports of violence on the boat, starvation, exposure, and even cannibalism. A demoralizing situation that could turn into horror in an instant. My mom was 10 now. She was looking through a shelf and came across an old tin can with images of golden cookies on the lid. You know the tin can, the one that grandmothers keep their sewing supplies in. Yet my mom had never seen anything like it. She opened the lid expecting to find these strange golden cookies, but instead found old photographs inside. Photographs of Grandpa from the 50s. Wow, Dad is posing with all these men. He knew all of these Americans? He sure did, Gone. What did he do? He worked for the military. And that photo there, him wearing that wide-brim hat, that's a Boy Scout hat. Your dad was also a Boy Scout leader back in the day. Neat, huh? But remember, you keep this to yourself. Don't go off telling anyone about this. Wow. I've never seen Dad smile like that. Everyone looks so happy. Mom, how come when I look outside it's nothing like that? I look around and I see... I see sad faces. <sighs> These photos were taken during different times back then. The seed for a better life was finally planted in her mind. The question, why do we have to live this way, it kept repeating in her head. If she couldn't find this happiness in Vietnam, perhaps she could find it somewhere else. Maya, what are those golden things on the lid? Oh, those? They're called butter cookies. Butter cookies. 
What do those taste like? She wouldn't stop talking to her parents about leaving Vietnam. But they were torn. It's too risky, Nat. There's no guarantee that she'll even make it out alive. She's staying here. Her dream is America. The way you spent years working with them, you loved them like they were your brothers. They showed you freedom and happiness. Why can't she go and experience that too? Or at least try. Imagine what's possible for her when she makes it out. For all of us. If she makes it out. What kind of life is worth living without any hope? <sighs> Last I heard, my name can still be used as a reference. I believe it still holds on her application. But that's it. The rest is up to you. Grandma Nga only spoke about her daughter's escape with those who she truly trusted. I mean, the communist government had eyes and ears everywhere, from officers to its citizens. She had to be extremely careful. She asked around to find out who had connections to a big enough boat, who was a reliable fixer. And she worked tirelessly at the hair salon and saved every penny. 1982. Three years later. Mom is now 13. Grandma finally saved enough money to buy gold bars, and she was able to pay an arrangement fee for the fixer. Fungoi, I found you a fixer. You mean that? So, when do I leave? Next week. Will you be ready? Yes, I'll be ready. I just need to pack a bag and that's it. Thank you, Mom. I know how hard you work to make this happen. You know this is a one-way trip. Yes. And you understand that you might not survive. I understand. Oh my god. To let your child go off like that. Yeah. I just can't help but think what John and I would do for Theo. When he was born, so much was going on with the pandemic, the previous administration, the protests. Felt like the world was imploding. At one point, we thought we'd have to leave the city, move to Canada or something. We just kept asking, how can we keep Theo safe? What do we have to do to keep him safe? Because the only thing that mattered now was our son, no matter what the cost. That's how I feel about Jamie and Everett. And Athena. Yeah. I can't even imagine what kind of sacrifice that must be. So then what? She made it out? You back? I, I thought you... No. He took my money and disappeared. Another time? The boat never showed. <sighs> and another time? The boat took me out and then turned back around. They said it was too dangerous. But I knew someone who was watching the coast and they said it was completely clear. How could they? It was a desperate time then. People would do anything, even if they had to scam their own people to survive. 1985. Three more years have passed. The seas were considered a bit more safe from patrols and pirates now. People were still trying to escape, but not as many as the years before. My mom, 16 now, was convinced that it was safe to try again. You got my arrangement fee? Here you go. Two gold bars. Great. Tomorrow night, walk down to the end of the dirt road here. Take a right. 
walk past the pagoda, head to the rice paddy field, and wait there. There will be a small boat docked at the edge of the field. A man in a red shirt will be sitting in his boat and will signal you. He will take you to a larger fishing vessel bound for Thailand. Thanks. So began her eighth attempt. She was with dozens of other people. We see you out there. Everyone come out. Everyone else stayed still and remained hidden in the rice paddy field. But Mom panicked and started running, making her an easy target for the patrol to spot in the rustling grass. Gotcha! No! They threw her into Gam Hua prison. She shared a 40-foot by 40-foot cell with about 50 other women, all sharing a single toilet and shower. Wait, she went to prison? Yeah. One of the most secure prisons in Vietnam. Known for imprisoning hardened criminals, politicians, and military personnel. And being an escapee, she was now considered a criminal. Damn, you look like a kid. How old are you? Sixteen. <laughs> you know, you're probably the youngest one here. Why are you in here? For making fake potions of medicine. They sentenced me to life for it. Harsh punishment if you ask me, but... Hey, what do I know, right? <laughs> I'm biased. Why are you here? They caught me trying to escape the country. <laughs> Better luck next time, kid. How long was she in there for? They released her after a month. Okay, Miss Fung Wing. You are still on probation. You will report back to this office at the end of every week. We want to make sure you stay in line. You got that? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> of course, that didn't stop her. But she decided perhaps it was better for her to finish high school before she tried to escape again. November, 1987. Two years and a high school diploma later. Fung, I want you to take me. Wait, what? Gonai, it hurts me to say it. But we don't have enough to support him. We barely have enough to feed everyone in this family. And he's just young enough that when you make it out of here, he can start a new life with you. He'll have a better opportunity out there. But isn't it too dangerous? Not unless you look after him. And you take care of him. I will. Mom? Sis? What are you two doing? Your sister and I were just talking about our trip. How come Sister Fung, Bin, Ti, and Yan get to go to the country and visit the relatives but not me? I want to go with them too. Well, B, funny you should say that. It's your lucky day. You get to go on a trip with your big sister tomorrow. But you can't tell anyone, you understand? Wow, I can't wait. Thank you, Mother. I'm going to pack my toys and clothes. Just your clothes? And pack... Light. Your grandmother is unbelievable. To let him go like that? Here I am, stressing about missing out on Theo growing up because we just got a full-time nanny. Why didn't you tell him the truth? You know children like to yabber, and word travels fast in the community. It's better to keep him out of the loop on what the trip really is. At least for now. You're right, Mom. 
Early morning before dawn. <sighs> At last, this particular fixer kept his word. <sighs> so early. Okay, B. This rickshaw is taking us to the southwestern edge of Vietnam, near the Cambodian border. It was a weeks-long journey through numerous safe houses. At the final safe house, there were a group of people gathered, waiting to escape on a fishing vessel. It was here that my mom met another escapee named Vu Vo, my birth father. Everyone was resting, eagerly waiting for the fixer to update them on their next leg of the journey. Finally... Okay, everyone. The fishing vessel has arrived. At midnight, everyone will meet at the docks and board. We're sailing to Thailand. In that? It looks like it can hold maybe 20 people, and there are at least 80 of us here. Everyone is getting onto this little thing? Listen, lady. You either get on or you don't. It's up to you. Get in or get out. All 80 people were crammed in like sardines. One person pressed against another, sometimes on top of each other. Everyone hidden underneath the storage deck of the boat. A storage deck of humanity. The vessel looked like a regular fishing vessel with trilingual fishermen who spoke Thai, Cambodian, and Vietnamese. They set off through the Gulf of Thailand. Yeah, she doesn't remember much of her time on the boat. Some memories are not worth dredging up. But she does recall being continually splash the salt water, vomit, and other bodily fluids while she had to remain hidden beneath the deck. During the day, the vessel sat still, anchored and blending in with the islands. My mom would go above deck to rinse her hair with rainwater and soften her clothes, which had gone stiff from the salt water after drying up. And at night, they went back beneath the deck. It was harder for patrols and pirates to spot vessels and boats in the darkness, so... That was when they would continue sailing. I'm scared. It's okay, B. It's okay. We're almost there. I'm hungry. Here, eat this. But that, then what will you eat? It's okay, B. You need it more than I do. When will we get to our uncle's place? Soon, B. Soon. Thankfully, their journey only lasted a couple days. They were at sea for a total of three days, two nights. Look. I can see the lights. It's Bangkok. Come on, Jaifat. Ah, they finally made it to Thailand. All right, everyone out. What? I won't pull any closer. But we're only a hundred feet away. Sorry, this is as far as I go. I... I can't swim. Neither can I. Now's the time to learn. If you stay on, you're going back with us. Luckily, my dad, Boo, he knew how to swim. Many have drowned trying to swim to shore, often getting caught in the riptide or their feet would sink into the mud beneath the water. Luckily, everyone in this group survived. With B on his shoulders, taking my mom's hand, Vu led them to shore. Nineteen eighty-eight. Merry Christmas Eve to everyone who is listening. Our main story tonight is the ongoing refugee crisis in Thailand. 
The UNHCR estimates that approximately 1.3 million Vietnamese refugees have resettled elsewhere since 1975, with over 700,000 being boat people. There are an estimated 40,000 Vietnamese refugees in containment and processing centers in Thailand in this year alone. We're not going to visit our cousins in Hue, are we? I'm sorry, B. No, we're not. I don't want to be on this adventure anymore. I want to go home. We can't go back, B. Look, this isn't too bad. We'll be out of here in no time. <laughs> That's right. In no time. No time at all. Days, weeks, months, years. What is time anyway? It doesn't matter anymore. We are just stuck in processing now. Or hell, same thing. Maybe we'll get out, maybe we won't. Maybe we'll send you back. Who knows? It's all just a game to them, I tell you. A game? <laughs> you just better pray that your papers are still good. Mine aren't. <laughs> it's okay, B. We're going to get out of this. Six months had gone by. Trey, please. Ugh. Bok choy again? I know, B. But you're going to have to eat it to grow stronger. But you're not eating it. I recently found out that my mom hated bok choy because it was literally the only vegetable they served during her time at the refugee camp. <coughs> the air felt so heavy in those camps, she said. It was a constant foreboding feeling. Like being stuck in purgatory. It was one of the worst periods of her life. And you could only stay optimistic for so long before the dread would start to take hold of you. Please, mister. You have to give me a second chance. I didn't know that being pregnant would delay my application. I can't be here anymore. I just can't. You have to get me out of here. Please. And before I moved to the city, I found out that my mom had an abortion before she had me. Whoa. Oh, wow. She couldn't be over six months pregnant during her immigration interview. Otherwise, her application would be postponed until after the child was born. At the time, my mom didn't know how long she would have to be in the camps. She also didn't know what her relationship with Vu was yet. She figured her odds were better without the responsibilities of a child. <laughs> it's strange when I think about it. That I could have had an older sibling. Four more months passed. Her third and final interview. Your father worked for the CIA? Yes, he was a security escort. He would drive officers around and stand guard. Hmm. And your family unit is your younger brother, B, and Vu? My mom added Vu to the application as her fiancé because he saved their lives. She thought it made sense and would bolster her application. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Your records are in order and everything is in good standing. Ms. Fuong, I am pleased to share with you that your application has been officially accepted. You and your family will be able to immigrate to the United States of America. Congratulations. <laughs> you can't imagine how much this means to me. Thank you so much, uh, sir. I'm sorry, what is your name? My name is Tony. Wait. Did she? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Named after the immigration officer, Tony. Wow. Shortly after, 
They relocated to the Philippines and were required to take English courses before their final journey to the U.S. Wow, is this America? It's so much nicer here than sleeping in those tents in the camps. We get this whole house to ourselves? No, Lee, this is the Philippines. It's nice though, huh? But listen, while we're here, we have to study hard and perfect our English if we're going to live in America. It was in the Philippines where I was conceived. Three months in, and I was starting to show in my mom's belly. But she continued to wear flowy clothes to hide me, fearing that their path would be stalled if they discovered how far along she actually was in her pregnancy. Wait, are you saying you were a smuggled baby? <laughs> yep, a secret Asian baby. Those American doctors were definitely in for a surprise when she got to the States. Anyway, they completed their English courses and were finally bound for America. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Flight 5683 with nonstop service from Manila to Seattle, Washington. Total travel time for this flight will be approximately 18 hours and 30 minutes. The weather seems to be clear most of the way. Can I see that? The brochure? Sure, here you go. 747? It's the model of the plane. Wow, this is so much cooler than a bus. We get to watch movies, they serve us food, and we get to listen to music on these little thingies. They look like the necklace that doctors wear. That's right. It does look like a stethoscope. Those are to listen to your heart. But with these, you listen to music. You put them in your ears. Here, like this. They touched down in America in August of 1989. One final flight to Binghamton, New York, where their sponsored family was. And a month later... And here I am. Yeah, you know when I think about it, it doesn't even seem real. It feels like a tall tale, a, a fable or something. And then I think about the people who didn't make it. Those who were sent back, those who got stuck, and those who perished along the way. Now, Ocean Vong, one of my favorite poets, he has a saying that really stuck with me. Let no one mistake us for the fruit of violence, but rather that violence, having passed through fruit, Failed to spoil it. Thank you, Tony. Let's toast to your mom for following her dreams. Too full. Too full. Too full. <laughs> and your uncle. To be. To be. And to all of those who didn't make it. Yeah. Um. Where were the ghosts in that story? Oh my I, god. It, it's a beautiful story, I, just a practical question. <laughs> well, you know why they call this trail Devil's Kitchen? No. Well, you remember the boulders and stones at the bottom of the falls when we were hiking up? Mm. They used to say those were the dirty cookware that Satan threw into the sink for a wash. 
that the devil hung out on this mountain all night cooking. People heard banging and stuff up here. And we're up here tonight, and we know there's no devil here, but we still pass that thought back and forth. That story lives here in the woods. Hmm. Not all ghosts are apparitions. Yeah, ghosts can appear in songs and stories, memories. In this case, the memories of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Echo. Ghosts will keep coming back to life whenever someone tells it. Ooh, what the? Yeah, it's like stories are zombies. <laughs> or exorcisms. What was that? Or what was what? I didn't hear anything. Me neither. Oh, never mind. We're gonna have to make coffee soon. Yeah, it's getting brighter. Mm-hmm. Guys, we did it. We stayed up all night telling ghost stories. Hell yeah! yeah! Hey, <laughs> we survived. I survived. This is a good idea, yeah? This was good. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We only have a little bit of time left before the sun breaks the horizon. And there's a story that I really want to hear, Mr. Grubbs. Oh, yeah. Grubbs. Grubbs' story is going to suck. <laughs> Whoa. It's going to be like a Scooby-Doo episode where there's all some old guy in a costume with <laughs> remarkable athletic capabilities. No. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. <laughs> I want to hear an Alex Grubbs ghost story. As do I. And I. Actually, I, I do have a story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. But seriously, hurry. It's going to be bad luck if you don't do it before sunrise. I'll make it quick. I'm just going to play on my guitar, though, since the banjo hasn't taken a shine to me. Well, I got my ring on my right hand, and I got my belt pulled about as tight as I can stand, and my eyes are blurry. But my mind is clear Oh, I'm not afraid Of what else is here Oh, they say these woods Are full of ghosts But what in the living hell Have they ever really known? I'm gonna sit right here with my knuckles white I'm the only thing that's out here you did there. Well played, Grubs. 
That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Hmm. I like that. But was it your favorite? It was the only one I heard. I wasn't here, remember? Oh. Right. What was your favorite, Laura? Um... I don't know. I like Tommy's. I like that it was, um... Huh. I just remember liking that one. It was good. What was your story again, Tommy? Oh, it was, um... Oh my god, I'm so tired, I can't remember. Hmm. Maybe this place really is haunted. Yeah, yeah, or we drank everything in that cooler. We should probably start packing up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was the one about Nantucket. Nantucket? Yeah, the, the sea captain, the wife, uh... No, it was... Yes, it was. It wasn't that. What was your story, Laura? Um... <laughs> Are y'all kidding? I remember getting here. I remember... The banjo. We found the banjo, then... Yeah, and then... The raccoons? Raccoons? Oh, come on. What are you talking about, man? The, the raccoons. You guys don't remember that? Eloise, they're messing with me. I'm sorry, buddy. I, I don't know what you're talking about. All I remember is getting here, and the banjo, and singing, and... The man. The man who sat with us. Oh, yeah. I, I remember him. Right. What was his name again? Who? He was a great player, man. Knew all the tunes. Yeah. Seriously, what the hell are you guys talking about? Don't you remember the man, Grubs? He sat right next to you. Don't you remember when when we sold him our souls? <laughs> 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 I think for a second there you were a little... No, I wasn't. <laughs> Just a little. Well, we tried everybody. Ugh, so close and yet so far. We'll break you one day, Alex. So you're saying after everything you still don't believe in ghosts, Alex? No, sir. Not one bit. I say, uh, since Scrubs is so fearless, we should stay behind and put out the fire. All in favor? Uh, hi, yes. Hi. Absolutely. Okay. But in fairness, <laughs> I was going to do that job anyway. Oh. Did that banjo come with a case? Uh, no. We can just carry it back. You know, let's just leave it. What? No, what? no, no I, I got it for you, Grubs. I risked my life, or at the very least, uh, I braved stubbing a toe just so you could have it. Well, I'm the only one who can't get it to play, and it kind of feels like it belongs here. You know? Yeah. All right. Bye, Maroondy. Bye, Banjo. Weird to say, but I think I might miss you. All right, shall we mosey? See you down at the car, Grubs. You know your way back? Oh, yeah. I'll be fine. Thanks. Okay. Bye, Grubs. Bye, Grubs. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Let's see. Huh. They're up early, too. kind of cold.
sounds just fine. 